This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. Hey, welcome to today's episode of War Room Moments. My name is Jason Miller. I'm your podcast host. And today, I know I say it every episode, but there's actually only been a few times where I had somebody that I really consider that they're a special person to have on. Um, And Shelby Jo Long, uh, who is the CEO of Business Dynamics, truly is someone special right in the heart here to me. Um, And a great relationship with her, love her family, um, and and, uh, we are fellow Montanans. So welcome to the show, Shelby. Thanks for having me on, Jason. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, introduction-wise, just take a little bit of time and do that little 30-second who you are and what your business does. Your superpowers. Uh, your superpowers. My superpower. <laughs> my, I have a few of them. Uh, my business is Business Dynamics. I work with businesses in a couple of different fashions. I work particularly in the communication space and the brand space. And then I also help businesses develop additional revenue streams to support their business by monetizing their intellectual property, monetizing their processes to gain a consulting arm of their business, essentially a coaching arm of their business. So I help people look for different ways to monetize their business. So that's kind of the 30 second overview of my business. As far as my skills and and superpowers, I would say I'm a communication. That's one of my superpowers. I'm a business communication professor. I have been for 16 years. I'm a college debate coach. And I do a lot with communication and messaging, and I've transformed that into a business. So, yeah, quick awesome. Overview. Yeah, awesome stuff. And of note, Shelby is my senior vice president in the strategic advisor board as well. And she is also the CEO of Rogue Publishing Partners. So, she's like me, she's starting to collect businesses. <laughs> All of them are very synergistic in how they fit together, though. So it makes sense that the publishing piece, authors that publish books want to monetize their expertise in different ways. The strategic advisor board, what I do, fits in very well to the strategic advisor board and the business just kind of fits into the overall mission and who we work with. So it all kind of fits together. But yes, I'm starting to collect businesses as uh, as our relationship develops. <laughs> so we'll see where I'm <laughs> at in a year. <laughs> it, it's kind of funny. I said that too, because uh, I have an email address that I've had it basically since Gmail ever existed. I won't say the whole thing on here, but it's my personal email address, but it's the collector. And it's just ironic because <laughs> Over all those, there's more to the end of it, but I'm not going to give that out on here because uh, I'll start getting <laughs> business stuff there. <laughs> For sure. But, uh, but, but the, uh, you know, I literally look at all the years I've been doing this and that's what I've done. I've like collected businesses and then some of them sold, so on and so forth. But 
But uh, anyway, what what are we going to drop on the audience today? Uh, gosh, there's so many so many things that we could talk about. Uh, we could talk about the business, and we could talk about brands for sure, and messaging. That's the space that I work in. Also, talk about working with others and talking about business culture. A lot of messaging and communication strategies tied into your internal business messages. So there's there's anything communication centered, which is critical to how we execute those business plans that we talk about and how we implement all those strategies to help businesses grow. That's the space that I love talking about. And I think that as business owners, we should be constantly thinking about those things and how to better get our message across to our market because that's the key part. So. Right. Well, so in that whole vein of things, right? So I'm curious as another CEO, right? How do you manage that from your seat? How do you manage those communications that are internal, external, employee, uh, customer, you know, uh, not just employee, but maybe next level leader to employer, you know, the whole chain of command, Oh, how do you manage all that as a CEO? That it's a challenging question for sure. And I think one of the biggest challenges of being a CEO is, is making sure that your message is clear throughout all of those channels. If you have employees and communicating with customers, and we talk about when we're scaling our business to take away some of those things, but to make sure as a CEO that you still have your brand and you still have your consistency and communication throughout those channels is key. That means you need to surround yourself with people you trust and people that you trust can communicate in the way that you want to communicate because you're going to target a certain audience that have certain expectations. And if you're not speaking their language or speaking to the needs that they have, then it's really hard to connect with them and resonate with them and help bring them into your whole mission. So making sure that that mission and that part of your business is in all parts of your communication and that you have a trusted trusted employees, trusted resources, trusted business partners around you that can help that happen is key. But I think fundamentally it's coming under the it's it's about you as the CEO making the decision of what that looks like and making the decision of what that core message is because then it can start to infiltrate the rest of your communication. I had a conversation the other day with one of my, one of my, he does all my content, my video content, podcast content. And it's, it's interesting because, because I tell him to make sure the messages are aligned towards the mission of the business and towards what I do with messaging and communication. And he has become really good at making those messages more concise and refined and memorable, but it's all around the same mission. Same thing with my executive assistant. She does the same thing. Making sure that those channels of communication are key and consistent is is important. And as a CEO, having checks on those things and making sure they're consistent and that we have a trusted person, but then the trusted messages are going out as well. So I think that's a it's a bigger challenge than just sending out one or two messages a week. It's it's a big it's, it's a bigger challenge because there's a little bit more engagement, which might makes me sound a little micromanagey. But 
once you get into the space where you're communicating with lots of people and you're engaging customers on multiple different levels, I think it's just key. Yeah. So, well, you know, I've always looked at it as it's not always what you say, it's how you say it. And I'm not the most patient guy in the world by any means. Um, <laughs> we share that we're we share that uh quality for sure not patient yeah. at all <laughs> and, and you know so i i find it challenging when it comes to sometimes with working with people because i have a very military driven mind and that mind mm-hmm. is you know i said it so why wasn't it done yesterday that's 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 kind of my mindset that I operate off Well, and I just expect and I, people to, I expect people to keep up with me. That's what I expect oftentimes. And, and that's not always the case. You know, I know that, but, and then sometimes it's like, you have to go backwards and scoop people back on the bus. Right. Cause they sure. got lost. They got lost in the sauce somewhere. Um, I don't, I, I wouldn't classify it as good or bad. Um, it just is what it is. It could be better and we can always all communicate better um, for sure. I don't think there is a such person that exists on this planet that could go. I always communicate effectively every time. <laughs> if you are, you're, you're, a fr- you're a freaking unicorn. So, um, right. so clearly we all can always work on that. Right. But, but C-suite level is really important because, you know, I, I always think that as a CEO, you have to drive your C-suite, right? If you drive your C-suite effectively, they're your biggest hammers, right? Like the, the CEO is that or the COO, right? That's usually your hammer, right? So sure. if 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 you're you're the CEO and you're screaming at staff, well, you might want to back up from that because you have people to do that. Well, I mean, you probably shouldn't be screaming at your staff anyway, but, but <laughs> or standing on your desk, as okay. I like to say. <laughs> right, right. The figure to desk that we have on the yeah. room, yeah. Right. But I mean, sometimes it's warranted, right? I mean, sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes you have to firmly assert your foot up somebody's ass. That's just the way it is. <laughs> it's true because you have to keep it in line with the vision. But then mm-hmm. it's also the one, the one thing that I've completely recognized with, with working on the strategic advisor board in the C-suite with you. It's, I mean, it's much more about like the immediate get your shit done. It's much more about the long-term relationship that you have and the sustainability of that and, and outlining those expectations that if you want something done tomorrow, then we need to, when, when we say something, then it's clear that it's going to happen soon. Just so those, cause those expectations are not often out there for everybody to understand and, and it's key to do that. And we learn that with time and we learn that with interaction, but that's the that's the key thing with being in the C-suite and, and being an influencer within your organization is understanding the long-term, like it's not a short game. It's a long-term building relationships, 
making sure your brand is aligned, all of those things. That's not a, that's not something that happens overnight. That doesn't mean that things don't need to happen in that order, but it's uh, but there's a there's another piece to do that and delegating to the appropriate avenues to be able to execute is a way to take your hands off a little bit and recognize that you're in a different role. So, so I completely resonate with that. That ties in so much as a CEO, it's important to also recognize your strengths and your weaknesses. So if I to not for, and I've heard this consistently in conversations with you, not to force a, a round peg in a square hole, right? That we don't, yeah. we don't need to force these things that we need to, that we need to be the CEOs that, that exemplify our own strengths and that we're good at what we do and then understand that we don't have to be good at everything. That that's why you have a COO. That's why you have a senior vice president to be able to, to execute these things that, that aren't everything that, that you're not responsible for every single thing. So I think that's a, that's a realization that I, that's been evident to me over this past year, for sure. As I've begun to collect businesses under my, purview is that <laughs> you can't do everything and you need to rely on other people to help and rely on those experts to help you. And that's, and so trusting in yourself and then also trusting in others. That's a huge part of being a, being in the C-suite. Yeah. And it's a big leap for an entrepreneur, right? Because an entrepreneur and a business owner are not the same thing, Right. They, they're not. I will argue that all day long. They're not. I think all of us were entrepreneurs that became business owners. Maybe. Um, I look at entrepreneurs. That's more your like uh, solopreneur, right? You're a solopreneur kind out on your own. It's a little different thing, but at some point you're going to cross that threshold. If you're going to grow it and you're going to become a business owner, you're going to be forced into that ownership role where you no longer can be the acquisition person all the way to the, to the fulfillment anymore. Right. Um, That only works for so long and it's usually driven by revenue. Right. So um, because what always happens is, is one or the other is off balanced. You either have, a really kick-ass acquisition process that allows you to just get customers like nuts, but then your fulfillment falls short. Or you struggle with acquisition, but your fulfillment stuff is so locked in that, I mean, you could take clients forever, right? And your fulfillment process is great. So it's either way, you got to figure out how to stop both of those sucking chest wounds where they're because that's the start and finish right so and and in today's economy most people are struggling with acquisition that is the big struggle right now so absolutely but but if it's a struggle you do what find ways to fix it (laughs) because the definition of insanity is continuing to do the same thing continuing along the same Route. That's where that's where looking for looking to transition to different audiences, speak to different mm-hmm. audiences, or to think about different opportunities that you might have under the umbrella of your business. There's that doesn't have to be the thing that you sell. It can be something affiliated with that. So there's just in this economy where you can do anything you want that 
why, why aren't we doing more of that? So, and we're starting to have those conversations in my own business for sure about what are some other things that we can do to support this bigger ticket item, you know, and then also provide support to the community that we're starting to develop. So there's, there's a lot of different ways to do that. It's just extra levels of monetization that you can have in your business. We're doing that in the strategic advisor board. We're doing that in rogue. Like there's many different ways to, ways to add that security and to make sure that you're as an entrepreneur, you're constantly inventing and being creative and adjusting and also responding to the needs of the market. So that's a, that's a, that's a really important piece to recognize too, is that your business plan might be great, but you, unless you've tested it in the market and responded to the needs of the market, then, then it's, you're probably going to have to adjust some things. My, you're the, I think one of the most insightful things I've heard from you is about you have to be able to micro pivot. It's not changing the whole thing. It's just changing some piece of what you're doing to be able to get more acquisitions or to make sure your fulfillment is efficient or whatever that is. You've got to, you've got to make some sort of adjustment to be able to do that. And, and I guess being as a CEO, being open to making those adjustments and understanding that that not everything is cookie cutter and as planned that you have to adjust. I think that's one of the most challenging mindsets and challenging, I guess, challenges that we just face as CEOs is that we have to constantly be in that space. So lots of different challenges to, for that. Right. And it is, it's, it absolutely is a constant small adjusted pivot all the time. Right. So everybody knows when COVID hit, the word pivot was born, right? But everybody said pivot, 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 this, pivot, that, right? But, you know, I chose a different path to that because not everybody could just pivot, right? I mean, because when you start talking about pivoting, right, that's usually something very drastic. That's what that's what a business or an owner thinks when they hear the word, well, we need to pivot your business. Um, holy shit. What does that mean? Right. right. So, so right. I mean, are you going to all of a sudden have me start producing face masks now, that kind of a pivot, right? <laughs> Cause when I, in my mind as a business owner, when I hear somebody say, you got to pivot, well, I'm thinking like drastic, Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why I coined the phrase micro pivot, right? Yeah. Because you can do these incremental small pivots and put tourniquets on all these places, right? And then figure out what is the big pivot before you just do the look before you leap thing, right? Right. And that's why even a lot of these great, big, huge companies went out of business during COVID. I mean, some big brands went out of business because they went, we're just going to make this pivot. And holy shit, was that a bad idea, right? So (laughs) that was a terrible idea. So Because you don't have to just abandon everything that you already have. You should be able to build upon that and Mm -hmm. adjust your systems, not completely create new ones. You know, there's a, there's just a way, way to go. I think of like the restaurant industry 
and or coffee shops, you know, like who had to shut down. And then, but now look at all the things that are being built, all the uh, all the new construction. They have some sort of drive-through, right? There has to be yeah. some, some ability to do that. But that's just a an adjustment to the market because that's and, and consumer habits have changed too. Like that's the way we might prefer getting our coffee now rather than going into the brick and mortar. So there's just mm-hmm. a there's just a lot of adjustments to be made, and then then if you know, if you're not serving as many customers, how, what, what's the way that you can serve more customers or what, what have you, but there's just many different ways. You don't have to sell the coffee shop. You can just adjust that and sustain for a while. And and yes, that there were many challenging pieces, like we had to shut down and all of those things, but Mm -hmm. there's ways through that to be able to adjust to that. And I think we're going to have to continue adjusting and continue adjusting to new consumer habits, continue adjusting to inflation and supply chain issues. Like all of those things are going to create these small, they seem like big adjustments, but there's smaller adjustments to be able to serve the customers the best. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, interestingly enough, while we're on the conversation of pivot. So when New York took the big hit and everything shut down, right. For in COVID. Um, I already had a client for about a year that ran a restaurant out in New York and it was like, okay, we got to figure out how to do something small where now you can take a big chunk of the market share. So everybody was freaking out. We couldn't get toilet paper, couldn't get all this stuff. Right. So what we did was we offered a roll of toilet paper and a margarita. (laughs) With every order. There you go. (laughs) And what they did was they had, uh, they created this little like drop box thing outside the restaurant uh, where people could pick up their food. Right. Yeah. They had somebody out there and they got a free roll of help. People were ordering just because they wanted a roll of toilet paper. (laughs) So, (laughs) So it's just about getting creative sometimes. Right. With. Get, and it's I don't even know if you would consider that a pivot. I mean, but but it's it's being creative in your business and figuring out because what is business? Business at the end of the day is all about what? If we solve a problem, there's mm-hmm. money to be made by solving that problem. So what did we do? People needed toilet paper. So we solved a problem. Solved that problem. There, you come by a come by come by a beef burrito and get a roll of toilet paper. You know, and we'll give you a margarita so it washes out good. (laughs) Creative. That's the other thing too is that as as a CEO, and I'm just writing about this today. As a CEO, it it allows us. We need to be in a creative space. And we need to be yeah. in a space where we can be creative and can adjust and can make these these interesting adjustments to whatever is thrown at us. And we are when we're surrounded by those that we trust in the C-suite and in our in our executive, because that's that's so key to be able to to do that or, and to have a mentor to to under to think about like, well, how can we take advantage of this terrible situation? And right. there are there are ways to do that. So it's and and that's easy to say, right? And then when you are not in the position, when you're in the position where you need clients or you need certain things, it's you know that's a you're in a different frame of mindset. But I think that's 
that you find a lot of, I guess, ease. And if you have a trusted mentor mm-hmm. and C-suite around you. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So g- give me your take on leadership as a CEO. I think, well, I, that's a, I know that's a really big, wide <laughs> really thing, right? Really broad question. It is a broad question, but two two things. I think leadership is directly tied to your communication and the way that you communicate that you yourself and how you communicate, and then all, but also how you're affecting your audience. So it's not just your communication; it's about how the audience is receiving that communication. I think those are two key things, and I think so. The communication is one, and then you can't be a leader unless you have some followers. So that's a, that's the other thing too, is that you yourself as a leader, putting yourself in the position of challenge, of fear, of being, and being resilient to some of those things, having some grit to get through those things. I think that's a big piece of it too. And that's where the leader follower relationship goes, because not everybody is going to be a leader. People can be trained to be leaders, but even be in a leadership role and then be in that role and then not and then not execute as well as they want to or as well as their followers want them to. So I don't know that there's there's bigger philosophical ideas to to leadership. But then but fundamentally, it gets down to how you communicate with your employees, how you communicate with your customers, how you communicate with your fellow coworkers, and the method that you use to communicate, but then also how that's received. And that doesn't mean there's one perfect way to communicate. It doesn't mean it's everything about a single trait. It just means that you understand the needs of the audience. And I think that's the key thing about leadership. And particularly in the in the CEO role, where you have so many different roles and responsibilities. And yes, you are you are fundamentally responsible for what happens to the organization, but you might not be in charge of every single thing that happens in the organization. Like I don't do my marketing. I don't do my accounting. I don't do any of that because I don't trust myself to do that. I trust other people to do that, other people to do that. But I surrounded myself with trusted people to do that. So it's, I guess, understanding your strengths, understanding your weaknesses, understanding what your audience needs. So there's kind of a big, broad answer to a very large, broad question. (laughs) Right. Well, one of the key things I always, I have always thought from the seat of a CEO's perspective, number one, it's lonely, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't mean like boo-hoo, it's lonely. That's not what I mean. Um, But so one has to do a whole lot of self-guided leadership, right? So um, especially being a CEO, because you are the person at the top. So you have to take extra special time to seek improvements elsewhere with somebody that you might trust that's outside of your organization, that's a mentor um, that you've had for years. And you pick the wrong person and that can be very detrimental to your business, right? So absolutely. You know, so self-guided leadership is really important from the seat of a business owner, CEO, president, whatever, right? Owner, operator, doesn't really matter. But if you are, um, I guess, if if you are in direct uh, 
in a direct position where you um, influence people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because in my opinion, leadership is very simple. It is we provide purpose, direction, purpose, direction, and motivation, um, and that is to influence what we want people to do to get done that fits our vision, vision and mission in our company. Absolutely. Um, and it you can't do that though if you can't even lead yourself. So true. So. And that, and that has a lot to do with you trusting yourself and understanding your yeah. and understanding that that it's not you know I'll give you an example like I, I'm a I've been a I've been a public speaker all of my academic life in high school and college and I've been a professor for 16 years and I've been in the communication space for a long time uh, I've been trained by some of the best people in communication. But that doesn't mean that my training is stopping, that I constantly am searching for ways to refine my communication and change my communication to adapt to my audience because I'm trained in one space, but then I know that if I'm in a new space, like when I'm speaking to business owners, that it's a different language, it's a different purpose, it's a different, if it's a different, whole different vision of what I'm supposed to do with my with my communication than it is if I'm speaking, you know, in a classroom. So it's just different. It's constantly refining and understanding that those skills don't necessarily need to be improved, but they might need to be refined and just practiced. And it's good to be in spots to be in a space to do that. And honestly, I think being in part of a C-suite, CEO, SVP, COO, whatever it is you are, you're in a space to practice that. And I think that's really uh, to refine those messages and come out of those come out of those meetings as unified and is even more purpose driven and provide more motivation. I think that's really key to 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 leadership in general and particularly for leadership in larger organizations. So yeah, yeah, no doubt. And I mean, you could you could uh, have a philosophical conversation about leadership for hours. Oh my God. Hours. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Another, another time, perhaps. Another time. Another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Hey, one of the, one of the reasons for the podcast, as you know, is we're building up a business bank of struggles, right? So yep. for a young CEO to come on here and just go, wow, I got that. Now I'm not going to do that. So if you could share out of the buckets full you have, if you could just pluck one out, share it with the audience, what a struggle has been and how you really overcame it. I, one of my, I would say one of my most, one of my biggest struggles, I didn't realize it until I was almost past it. And I think it's, it's a good, it's interesting to be able to do that. I made a transition in my profession I transitioned from, uh, and I'm still teaching at the college level and into the entrepreneur space, which are two very different, uh, different way, different ways of communicating, different ways of utilizing knowledge, different ways of earning money. It's two very different ways to to do that. And in that transition, I think one of the biggest challenges for me was was understanding the needs of the new audience. And that I have to speak differently. And the purpose of my information, 
I'm not telling information just to be heard. I'm telling information that's attached to something. Like what's the return on investment in investing in your communication and culture and and your brand? And I, I know all those elements, but it, it was that transition. So I guess one of the challenges, it, it took a while for that to resonate with my audience. And perhaps that was more of my clarity and understanding how important it was and how to put a dollar value on that. That was one of my biggest challenges. So I would say, if you're thinking about transitioning to a new audience, or if you're a new entrepreneur, there's nothing more important than understanding the space and understanding the offers that are out there and understanding who's doing well in your industry and who is not doing well in your industry. So the market research, I think, is really, really absolutely critical as you put together your own offer and your own your own piece to be able to to sell it in the marketplace. And I think having an understanding of that is clear. And the more focused you can be in that market and the more focused you can be with what your you know your niche, what your focus is, who you're speaking to, then that's only going to increase your your ability to connect with that marketplace just that much faster. I wish in the transition and in developing my own business, I would have done more research before I did that. Otherwise, you're just throwing a bunch of shit at a wall, seeing what sticks. So, which is not a very fun way to do things. So I would say, I would say just it doesn't hurt to keep doing your research and to talk to people that are in the space that you want to be in. If you want to be a business coach and make a lot of money, talk to some people that are there and what challenges they had to overcome to be there and what communication skills they need to get there. All of those things are need to have an understanding of the market before you get into the market, I think is, is one of the biggest challenges to overcome as an entrepreneur. And one of my biggest lessons is to be able to discover that, that clarity in yourself and that clarity in your marketplace. That's what I would say is something to. So, so don't, throw shit on the wall and see if it sticks. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> you can. It just takes a whole lot longer to get there. It's like, you know, it's like a marketing strategy. Like you can, you could try a bunch of ads to see what works and to see what resonates, but you're going to go through a lot less of that. If you have a really clear idea of who you are and who you serve and what problem you solve in your messaging first, before you see how the market responds. And that doesn't mean that market research doesn't need to happen in that, but I think you've reduced your timeline and you really you you really feed that foundation when you have that understanding. That's having a mentor, talking to people, that's all of those things are tied together. I would say that's a that's a key thing. I, I talked to I was at the entrepreneurship event the other day and I talked to my friend who's in insurance. She sells life insurance. And she's making a career transition, sell life insurance. And, and you know, she's talking about the challenges of that, challenges of acquisition, talking to people about life insurance. There's a, there's a life insurance agent. There's many of them out there. It's a competitive industry. If you want to make a life out of it, I think that's great. But you have to understand that it's that you, ha- you have a lot of competition for that. But a lot of that in developing your own business, like how do you, what's the first thing you should do when you develop your business? talk to the people around you, talk to the people that know you, let them know your sphere is so important when developing your business that they know you, they trust you already. So you're already past that hurdle of being able to 
acquire their business. So there's just a whole lot of whole lot of focus and clarity and just what needs to happen. It, it's not a linear thing. There's many different things to happen, but I guess having a, having a focus just enables your message to be so much more clear. So, yeah, for sure. That. No doubt. All great point for sure. Um, and just transitioning on here, the, one of the questions I like to ask kind of wrapping things up is if you could have invited someone to this podcast, dead or alive, friend, family, mentor, whatever, Jesus, Gandhi, whatever. Um, Cause you had that burning question. Who would have you asked to be here? And what would have the question been? I've been thinking about this. <laughs> you prepared me for this question. <laughs> um, I would have, gosh, I would, I could invite anybody from my, my business mentor to my college mentor one person I think I would invite is my dad. My dad passed away in February of this year and through the struggles with Parkinson's and just seeing his, how hard it was for him to get around. The one thing he didn't see, he didn't see my book that's going to be published here in a month. He didn't really, I don't know if he, I really wanted him. It would have been great if he would have met you, Jason, but I think it would have also been great for him to kind of understand this, the way our business, my business has moved. Like I went from one business to three in, in a year. And all of that was in the flurry of my dad having these health problems and all of these things. And so I, I, I wish that he would have known more about that and more about what I do. And he knew about me as a college professor and a college debate coach. And, and I'd done those things and I was successful at that. But then to see this other side of it of something that I have built and something that is developed out of my expertise, I wish that he could have seen. He knew about it, but I wish he would have known more about it. So I wish he was here to be in this conversation to understand that it's not just things that I'm teaching in a classroom. That what I'm teaching in a classroom also exists in many other places and it has much more application outside of the classroom than it does just there. So that's what, that's who I would invite. And I would ask, I, I would just want him to be in this conversation and to discover all these unbelievable opportunities that we have with our knowledge and when we make connections in the business world. And I think that's, that's what I wanted to, wanted to invite here today. Yeah. I have a pretty good idea. He's watching. <laughs> I do too. I do too. He's been watching the whole time. It's just, oh, yeah. I don't know. To see it is different than yeah, to, right, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, for sure. Well, well, hey, um, you know, there's there's lots of people in our lives that as we transition through our life, we always look back and go, why weren't they more involved? Or right. You know, gosh, if I just had that extra day or, or this, that, or the other, and that's, I'm a pretty live in the moment kind of guy um, yes, for sure. And I think it's really important to be that way because tomorrow is not certain. Absolutely. An hour from now is not certain. Um, I live up in the mountains. We get fire up here all the time. 
Right. I mean, and, and snow. Could, you know, and well, and snow, right? So <laughs> it's like you could be sleeping at night and all of a sudden, boosh, you're gone, right? Yeah. Fire comes through and you don't even know what happened. So it's like live life for the moment, right? And don't worry about all the exterior horse shit that's going on, right? And just be in the moment. We're all horrible at doing it sometimes, but but being in the moment's really important. And absolutely. And it's so important. And I think that's a, I don't know, to be an entrepreneur, I think you have to, because not every moment is great. When you're in the acquisition stage, it's not a lot of fun. And you have to have a lot of conversations and often you have conversations that might not lead anywhere. And so there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of that questioning and guessing and figuring that out, but there's, I don't know. There's kind of a piece in it too, that, you know, that where you're moving toward is where you want to be. And it's just that, but if you're not constantly feeding that, then I am I'm very much in the same mindset that we don't have a whole lot of time on this planet. So we better do what we can right now. That's right. And just be very, 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 have a short memory, right. (laughs) About about the things that happened today. When you go upstairs, you go leave the office, you go upstairs, forget about what happened today. Well, forget all the bad stuff, share the wins. And that's all anybody needs to know, right? As far as family goes and things like that. Otherwise you start uh, running into that negativity type of stuff. And and your family don't want to hear that anyway. They just want to hear the wins. (laughs) Life is too short. Yep, yeah, it is for sure. sure. Well, hey, how do people get a hold of you to work with your greatness? I my website is shelbyjolong.com, which is pretty easy. Uh, you can also find me on the Strategic Advisor Board website, strategicadvisorboard.com website, and Rogue Publishing Partners website. If you need to find, if you need to find me, I'm in those three places. Um, I also have my own podcast called Culture Communication and Business envision for your brand and i have a youtube channel so you can find all those things on my website i'm pretty active on social media so befriend me on linkedin or facebook i'm there often so that's where you can find me there you go well hey shelby as always i know we talk a lot but uh (laughs) every time every time we do it's always a pleasure for sure and i appreciate you being on the show likewise thank you for having me it's always Always fun to, always fun to banter. Of course. I just don't debate with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do. And that's okay. Debate's great. Debate's how we make things better. How do you debate with a world-class debater though? Uh, I think you you just, I think you just (laughs) let me win sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's the other way that you're Uh, like, but that, that I think talking about C-suite, that's, that's, so important is that you surround yourself with people that aren't just going to agree with you that have different perspectives that are asking those critical questions. And I think, I I feel like we have that. And I think that's so important. So critical. Yeah. It's okay to tell each other you're a jackass every once in a while. It's okay (laughs) to disagree. And yeah, yeah. I have plenty of jackassery to go around most of the time. <laughs> I don't know how true that is. Definitely. All right. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But we all have those, right? We do. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thanks again for being on the show, Shelby. Okay. Thanks, Jason. It's great. Anytime. All right. All right. Well, hey, thank you for joining us today uh, on this episode of War Room Moment. I'm your podcast host, Jason Miller. Remember, dream it, believe it, and achieve it. It's Jason Miller signing off. Thanks for listening to War Room Moments with your host, Jason Miller. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.